Hi, welcome to the Whole Therapist Podcast. We're leaving out the theorizing and exploring this strange phenomenon of being a human and a therapist. I'm Kelly, licensed marriage and family therapist, working in private practice settings as a clinician and a clinical supervisor in the Denver metro area. And I'm Abby. I'm a licensed clinical social worker and the owner of a group practice in the Denver metro area. Kelly and I are both registered play therapists, supervisors, and EMDR certified. So we're both therapists, but this is not therapy. And we're both supervisors, but this is not supervision. This podcast is purely for fun. So for any ethical concerns on your caseload, please refer to your state laws and licensing boards. And please remember to follow The Whole Therapist on Instagram, Facebook, and subscribe on your favorite podcast listening station. For more resources, blogs, and consultation opportunities, visit wholetherapistinstitute.com. So come join our conversation while we explore the embodied experience of neuroscience and authenticity in the therapy room. Hi, welcome to the Whole Therapist Podcast. I'm Kelly. And I'm Abby. Welcome to season three. It's a little later in the year than season two started. January has been just throwing, I would say snowballs, but there's actually no snow. There's like no snow. There's been fires. It's just the longest month. Uh, I'm a little shocked that we started this podcast when COVID, kind of six months after COVID began, and then now it's season three and we're still working through a surge of COVID. That feels a little unreal to me that we're still, that we're still here. Yeah. I yeah. was not anticipating no. talking about COVID <laughs> ah, every three episodes. I mean, truly. Yeah. But we are so happy to be back and it just feels really good now to mm-hmm. be in this office Yeah, um, and start season three. Well, I think um, in the, towards the end of season two, Abby moved into the space. Yeah. Abby still has her own space. And then she moved into a space that I'm practicing out of. So we are not recording out of Abby's office. We've been recording. In uh, Kelly's office. Yeah. Yes. I like it because there's a lot of windows in here. Yeah. Although they're not all open. I'm looking at a trampoline and like a swing and a bot bag. And it's just so inviting (laughs) to like move in this space. Mm -hmm. I was actually doing a three hour training a three hour, a three day, it was 20 hours, <laughs> a three day training last week. And I have so badly wanted to get in this swing Yeah, and it's not been high enough. And since I was just in here for 20 hours last weekend, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to race that swing. Nice. And I've had a couple of kids come in. They're like, oh, it's a little bit higher. I'm like, yeah, for me, <laughs> I wanted to get in it. <laughs> I had someone pushing me in it the other day. Oh, I but love yeah. that. It was like really interesting, really interesting play. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, I know that last season we talked about wanting to do more interviews. What we found that so far is that we aren't skilled in interviewing quite no. yet, as skilled as we'd like to be. So we, we'd love to do more interviews, but we also want to kind of hone in on that skill. Mm-hmm. Um, so our goal for season three is maybe to add some more mindfulness, whether that's um, at the beginning or at the end. We know that a lot of you are driving when you're listening to this, so... Of course, uh, we'll make them as brief as we can. We will not invite you to close your eyes. (laughs) If you're not driving, please feel free to do so. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think our hope is just to offer more groundedness to folks as they're listening. Yeah. Feels like our bodies are really aware of how much we need that right now. And then I think our other hope is to do more coffee and chats. Uh, We've gotten really good feedback on those. We will say that 
we the website host that we use um, is difficult. And so sometimes we have these up and um, we're finding from thankfully friends that it's hard to purchase those. So please know that if you are interested in purchasing something from our website on the store page and you can't email us and we'll get it fixed right away. Yeah. There's also all the things that we've done, the epigenetics training and the previous coffee and chats. Those are always available for you to purchase. We record them so you can watch them later. Yeah. And our next coffee and chat is Thursday, February 10th from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. We're trying to make coffee and chats more available to folks at different days, different times. This one is Pandemic Parenting, the alliteration we didn't ask for. (laughs) Isn't that the truth? (laughs) So if you are a therapist and a parent, or you are a therapist that works with parents, then this coffee and chat could be really helpful for you. I love this because I have the lived experience of being a parent and then, and work with parents and Kelly does so much work with parents. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of have both of that with us doing the coffee and chat. Yeah. We'll Mm -hmm. get to kind of relate to folks that come with whatever hat it is. Exactly. Yeah. So we're, we're looking forward to that. It's $11 again on the website and you're always welcome to email us if there's any struggle with the purchase, but for today's episode, (laughs) (laughs) We really wanted to, because we're welcoming you all to season three, welcoming you back. Some of you, this might be actually the first podcast episode you're listening to. You might be just joining us for season three for the first time. But in thinking about welcoming those of you who have been with us for a while, we were thinking to do an episode on when we welcome clients back who we've seen before. How do we do something between like a sweet reunion and a warm welcome if the goodbye wasn't so warm and fuzzy? Yeah. It's going to feel different. Mm-hmm. Do you have a welcoming posture with every client that comes back? Maybe not necessarily. Mm-hmm. So I think there's lots of different nuances when clients return, leave for whatever reason and return. That could be really helpful to talk about because I think that initial meeting again makes a big difference for that next chunk of treatment. Yeah, and and folks return for so many different reasons, right? So when you're seeing children, when you start with them pretty young, in general, I think parents over the seasons, you know, kids have new transitions and new things come up. And so kids kind of come in and out of therapy. Certainly um, folks that have experienced sexual trauma or sexual abuse survivors, there's lots of different ways mm-hmm. that that comes back up in their lives. And so they come back into treatment for different things. Yeah. Any kind of trauma really, we're coming kind of coming back in. I think that kids certainly in different developmental stages with any trauma would need to come at their brain is different. They need yeah. to like integrate in a different a different way. And I think normalizing that with parents from the beginning is really helpful. Yes. I have to imagine the pandemic might be who knows, but might be like that. Mm-hmm. Certainly grief. Yeah. Right. Folks right. come in and out of that, that we know that grief is not a straight line and yeah. it's cyclical. And so that would make sense why people mm-hmm. um, kind of move out of therapy and come back into it. Yeah. So there's lots of different ways. And I think as we're talking about this, I'm also just thinking about those who maybe don't get to choose who their clients are, you know, whether that's um, mm-hmm. in community mental health or if you're in a facility where um, folks are required for treatment, right? So like I'm thinking substance abuse and like folks yeah. come back in during relapses yep. and that welcoming posture, right? So if you're in community mental health and you don't have a lot of say over your caseload, it may be really hard to have this open welcoming posture because 
simply the system you work in requires you to see this client because you saw them before and mm-hmm. nobody else has space. So I think as we're talking about whether you have a choice or how much you, you do or don't get to tailor your caseload and ideal clients for you in different seasons, <clears throat> I'm imagining that it, it would be more efforting to get into this welcoming space. And I want to almost explore like the need for therapists to be aware of that. I'm thinking of circle of security. I don't know if you've done this to me or the whole therapist podcast has done this to me, <laughs> but about um, that safe haven. Mm. Like they went out yeah. of the circle when they leave. Mm-hmm. And then as they come back in, there's usually something that has happened um, within them or externally that brings them back and they need some co-organizing of feelings or maybe some care. And and then we get to be both of the hands again in a different way. And if you're having a reaction to offering care, that feels really important to notice because um, that's a need that the client has to be welcomed back in. Yeah. And, and I think hard. too that if you are noticing that and noticing that it's hard, you know, what comes up when thinking about how do I have a conversation yeah. about this with the client? Yes. How do I name that? Is it so far gone that we do need to refer out? Right. We've gotten a lot of feedback that our process over content episode was helpful. Mm-hmm. If you haven't listened to it, this is kind of related to that episode of really naming with the client these patterns of like coming in and then however they left, whether they've just ghosted or they end pretty abruptly, when they come back, it can be helpful to co-organize that past experience, that chunk of time and name like what's really happening. Because I think that a lot of clients will say, oh, I'm doing great. Yeah. See ya. Mm-hmm. Like they're not in crisis anymore, so they don't need anything else. Yeah. Um, or they're on medication now and they feel better. Mm-hmm. They're sleeping now. Yes. And then they just maybe stop the medication. Right. Yes, exactly. And so naming with them that process and the dynamic that they're working out with you. Mm-hmm. I've even found in my own therapy, just knowing that I have someone mm-hmm. is really helpful. Mm-hmm. Even if I don't need weekly therapy, right. but knowing that I have access to what I need yes. makes a big difference. And that's very much that process um, and feeling so welcomed by that therapist. Well, and held. Right. One thing that um, I love is that when my therapist and I are like, you know, let's meet in a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and I say like, yeah, we'll just connect in a month. And she's like, well, why don't we schedule something? So like we ha- both have the date, right? It just feels held like, oh, this date is held for me. Yeah. So when clients want to take a break, like let's talk about what that break looks like and let's get something scheduled if it's only going to be, you know, a, a month. And that same thing. Then how do you welcome them back? After that month, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be that we're discharging or that there's a rupture. It simply no. could be that we took a 30 day pause and we still have to welcome clients back. I certainly, when I've moved from seeing clients to weekly and the first time that we go to bi weekly, it felt like such a long time. I'm like, wow, yeah. it really feels like a long time <laughs> since I haven't seen you. I know. Yeah. And just how much they need that delight again, mm-hmm. or at least curiosity. I've kind of given myself permission. In this season, someone named it with me that we could be in the winter of humanity. Mm. And I was like, oh, goodness, that might be true. <laughs> and so maybe many of you are feeling that way with your caseloads. Just people are experiencing suffering and that lands differently in a pandemic that's drawn out. Yeah. And if I can't find delight quite, I'm, I can find curiosity. 
Like, I'm just going to be really open to whatever they're bringing. And I'll be curious about my own responses to someone coming back. Mm-hmm. And typically that will come up more with parents than the children. Mm-hmm. I'm with an adult, sure. Mm-hmm. And and I can be with that and do my own sand tray or do my own reflection around it. Mm-hmm. But I guess I almost want to give that option to people listening is like, if delight is really hard, then just start with curiosity. Mm-hmm. And I think it's an easier path to get there to enjoying being with your person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about Robin Goebel and you think th- through all of her training, she says this, but one of the things I always hold is, is she is talking about delight and specifically with kids where imagine yourself as a child and an adult is like, wow, I'm so excited yeah. for you to be here today. Yeah. I've been looking forward to four o'clock all day. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's just this delight piece. And I think that you can do that with adults. Yes. In fact, I um, think about somebody who brews coffee right before our sessions. And so I can be in a telehealth session and I smell the coffee and I'm immediately like, oh, they're here. And and then you can let them know that like, I smelled the coffee and I I knew that you were here just holding them. I mean, that just, as I'm listening, I'm thinking how how incredibly, um, there's something around mattering. Like that client would feel like, oh, and I matter. Mm-hmm. So you've, for, with adults, they need to like come into existence mm-hmm. in relationship with other people. Yes. And so you're doing that, like you're reflecting their personhood, that they're here and that we're glad they're here. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to patronize them. We wouldn't say it like we would to a child. Exactly. But if you can authentically reflect that, I mean, that makes a huge difference yes. when I can tell someone, I'm so glad to be with you today. Yes. Yep. And honestly, that is typically the only thing I can even offer mm-hmm. when there's incomprehensible suffering or grief or yeah. I'm so glad to be with them in it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I guess to talk on the other side of that coin, right? So what do we say when maybe we had a rupture or a hard goodbye or mm-hmm. just like, you know, not this like tied in a bow goodbye yeah, and, and they come back. So one thing that might come up for you as a therapist is, uh, did I not do a good enough job? And now they're back in therapy. Mm-hmm. And I just have to say that my belief is that we are only working with people in, in seasons, mm-hmm. right? Like we're never going to quote unquote fix somebody, no. <laughs> right? Like folks are always yeah. going to want This co-regulation, this private space where they can Mm -hmm. be seen and held. So it has nothing to do with what you did or did not do. But how do you have that conversation with our last episode of treatment? It was was really hard when Mm -hmm. I never heard from you again. Yeah. Or I got this feeling that maybe you didn't like the approach that I was using and that's Mm -hmm. why you ended. I wonder if that's true. And if it is, yeah. how do you think this time might be different? Because right. I'm, I'm going to be using the same approach. Yes. If you are, right? You may, your approach has changed. But it shouldn't be on account of one person either. Like right. I think this um, needing approval from our clients mm-hmm. is quite different than being like honored to cultivate safety with them mm-hmm. or that being with. Mm-hmm. But the need to be accepted to prevent rejection from a client is very much the therapist's own process. Yes. And that's important. Like no shame. Mm-hmm. We work really hard. I guess we should say that again. First episode of season three, we work really hard to embrace and, and require humanness mm-hmm. as therapists. And it can be helpful to parse out like, oh, this is mine. This is mine. What's coming up. And it has nothing to do with this client rejecting or accepting me as a clinician or a person mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. over personalizing it. 
Right. Well, I'm even wondering if that comes up when a client, you know, maybe comes to you and they're like, hey, I just have been feeling so much better. I had this great week. I'd like to go down to biweekly. Right. Right. Can you step into your professional role mm-hmm. and acknowledge that and, and celebrate that mm-hmm. and hold, actually, we should really sit in this for a, a couple of weeks. Like, let's sit in the empowerment yeah. and really see what that feels like. And for you to also be holding, like, is this a pattern a client has? What, kind of what we said earlier. Well, we were talking about the avoidance of deepening the clinical work in some without using that language before. Mm-hmm. But just when things get better enough on the surface, mm-hmm. then the content or the circumstance shifts, they leave. And, you know, we have to honor and respect where clients are at. And I think we can constantly offer another way. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where really good supervision or consultation, or as you get more experience in the field, you can intuit that that shift. I think the clients that want to quickly go to biweekly or monthly because mm-hmm. they're quote good enough or mm-hmm. things are kind of better mm-hmm. are often feeling like a burden or afraid of being with feeling. Mm-hmm. And so we get to name that with them. What's happening that's not being said. And yeah. I think all of us can happen when we're welcoming them back from time off with the holidays if it's been a few weeks or maternity leaves Mm. or, or yeah, they ended treatment and come back. I think this happens all the time with kids. So I think we're going to build in some ritual and structure with our episodes a little more clearly. We do this often anyway, leaving you with some mindfulness or a meditation, but Kelly's going to walk you through kind of a experiential exploration of what might be coming up with a client that is coming back. Yeah. So just begin to reflect on the caseload that you have now and see if there is somebody who you've been thinking about as we've been talking or somebody you're maybe um, anticipating will be coming back. Or maybe you, this is just perfect timing of this episode and there is a client that has reached out. Maybe your caseload is full. Maybe they're presenting issue. You're at capacity with that particular presenting issue. Right? Maybe your caseload isn't full, but you just can't take on any more grief clients or you can't take on any more sexual abuse clients. Maybe this person left and there was a rupture, or maybe you're really excited and delighted mm-hmm. for this person to come. But just get a sense of who you might be thinking of and just notice if there's any activation or movement happening in your body. Right? Is there openness or closeness? Do you find that there's a story that you're holding? Notice if you are thinking of this, that you already are feeling dysregulated, or maybe there is some excitement energy in your body. And then just begin to ask yourself how you'd like to show up in that first session. And as always, you know, we encourage using art or collage pictures or sand for some people, dance and movement. But we would encourage you to use one of those mediums to explore what's coming up and how do I want to show up for this client that's coming back. Thanks so much for being with us. 